I hate to be the one to start this, but America, are you ready for a show? And when I say America, I mean just you, because you're going to want to throw Yeah, let's do a show. Okay. That was my Friday the 13th. But, yeah. Oh. Okay. You like it? Sorry, I just... No, I know. We're adults. We don't think about well, stuff like that. I don't know. Is that... I did tell you to download Tubi.tv, which is not a sponsor, but we can make it a fake sponsor if you want. Yeah. Um... Because there's just... Have you done it yet? Not yet, actually. Yeah. I, I can't believe I forgot, because I was in the middle of doing, like, five different things. When we Here's the thing. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. And we are finally... God. It's, I know. It's clamoring, been a long time. Clamoring. And when I say clamoring, I mean silence. But my point is... No, that's not true. I've had people ask. Clamor? I mean, my mom was curious. Did they ask or clamor? They're, I don't... I mean, clamoring is... <laughs> Implies that they, it was a little bit. It was more like one time I was asked. Yeah, I guess if it just had an echo, it could have been a clamor. It would have seemed yeah. like more, right? It was, if it was, uh, if it was through a mic into a chorus pedal, <laughs> uh, all the way up, it could have been a clamor. Yeah. Oh, chorus pedals. I remember when I actually tried to convince myself that uh, I was going to be a musician. That was like the first thing to do would be to get the, your first pedal, right? Like, would, if you well, if you distortion. Get, if you, you don't get, have a distortion pedal. Well, you're, if I'm saying, saying your first pedal, though, right? So you get. When you when you go electric, you're like you start seeing the pedals, and you're like, "Gotta get a pedal, man! You see, Gotta get you a pedal." See, I think you just see gear, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh!" And and I've, I mean, how young were you when you started playing? Were you playing? It's like everybody. It's high school, right? It's like well, everyone, everyone is going to be in a band in high school, whether it's marching or whatever. The point is, you're going to be in a band, right? But but I started like my mom asked me if I wanted to take guitar lessons when I was in like third or fourth grade, and I said, "Yeah, that'd be great." So I took in second grade or third grade, I took one kind of class at the Warrenville Community Center. It was one guy and a group of people there. And I learned a little bit, you know, and then my mom was like, hey, we I found a guy who will come to the house to teach you. And I was like, well, that's... Turns out he's in jail now for... No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, that's, right. even, I know, that's even better. I didn't know where these stories were going to go. No, no, this guy okay. was great. His name was Ron Myers, actually, or Meyer, but I think it was Myers. But this dude turned out to be... He was great, man. He taught me the basics. He got me started. But then, like, you know, that's fourth, fifth grade... I'm, you know, I'm going into sixth grade. I'm like, I, you know, I don't know if I want to take, I don't play guitar, like a, a weird acoustic nylon string guitar. I'm like, this isn't cool anymore. You know what I mean? And, and then I was like, I don't want to do this. And, and my mom was smart. And she was like, how about, what if I buy you an electric guitar and then you keep taking lessons? And I was like, ooh, an electric guitar. And I started looking into the, I started looking at guitar catalogs and like Guitar Player Magazine and like, and the amount of gear and stuff and guitars and strings and everything, it's just, you know, I just lit up. I was like, oh man, I got to have all this. And I took my mom a picture of Steve Vai had just come out with like, uh, I think it was like David Lee Roth, Yankee Rose. I think that stuff was just coming out. And, uh. Or maybe was he? He was after that. I'm not sure, but he was. He he was like Steve I was still very relevant, like very popular, and he had this Ibanez. He he basically created the seven string guitar with Ibanez. But before that, he had this Ibanez guitar that was a, basically the body was carved out flame, so it was the shape of a guitar, but it looked like fire, you know. <laughs> and I took that picture to my mom, and I was like, "Yeah, this is the electric guitar I want." And it, you know, I'm sure back then it was like a three thousand dollar guitar or whatever. And she yeah. was like. Okay, well, what about something less expensive? What about like this from <laughs> Toys R Us? Well, no, she was smart. She, I got, I ended up with a Kramer 
just dated a reference because it'll be closed by the time yeah, people the t- listen to this in a time capsule 10 years from now. Continue. So Steve Vai, flaming but, guitar but, that but you're then, not going to get. But then I started looking at guitars. I, I was like, she was like, why don't we buy you an acoustic electric, like a thing that you could do. You can play acoustically, but if you want to plug into an amp, you can. Mm. <clears throat> and I was like, ooh, I like, I like the idea of that. And then, of course, my favorite guitar player at the time was Eddie Van Halen, and he played Kramer guitars. So I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get a Kramer. And they made this really nice, thin-bodied acoustic electric, and I really enjoyed that guitar, and it kept me going until I you know, finally got like a regular electric guitar. But yeah, then in high school, I was in bands, and the people I played with were solid musicians. Like They were all very good. When I think about like Charlie Sahaki, Aaron Hemmert, uh, Mike Wayner, those guys were like all three, Kyle Rock, they were all drummers that I played with, and they were all good, you know? And then like guitar-wise, um, this guy, Matt Avery, man, he's got a guitar, he has a guitar school now. He, teach, he gives guitar lessons and teaches kids now. But like this dude would sit, he worked at a mobile gas station down the street from my house <laughs> in high school. He would, we would go down there and try to get him to give us stuff, but he wouldn't even open the door sometimes. <laughs> he would sit with his back, to the door so even people trying to get gas or whatever like couldn't get in and he would just practice guitar and he had like an eight hour shift and he would play guitar for eight hours and i was like dude that guy's gonna be amazing like i wasn't willing to put in i was the kind of i love playing guitar i love playing with other musicians that we could have fun and have a good time drink beers tell fart jokes like it was all about having fun it was never like in my head. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be a rock star. I want to be a musician." You know, that doesn't that lasted as long as I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm not that." When my brother st- started, my brother got way better than me at guitar immediately, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't have a chance." Well, we all knew uh, when um, I took the stage with you, and the only thing you could do with your guitar was sing a song about my amazing butthole. That's yeah. we knew where the benefits, the true benefits to to your learning curve came with the fact that you were like, you know what. I can do comedy bits with this, uh, you know, and with this I, guitar, and uh, <clears throat> this is where I'm going to go with it. And I think it was a moment. I, I think you and I may have peaked that night, um, well, as far as our creative genius. It was a nice. And, it was uh, performing at the where were we? The Viper Room? No, no. no oh, we no, were, we were at, at Echo Park. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. It's Somewhere. A, oh no. I can e- Echoes under sunset. Yeah. It was. It was fun. Look, I don't care. It was an experimental night. Yeah. And uh, I was fine with that experiment. My, you know, my dad always asked me why I didn't. Because he, he always loved the fact that I played guitar, you know, and then he like he loved the fact that I got into comedy. But he was always like, "Why well, come you never?" Not always, but he asked me a couple of times, "How come I never played my guitar f- like for comedy?" You know, because he'd seen Rick Kunkler and Kunkler plays guitar, and but sort of, you know what I mean? There are guy he like he he gets well. There's straight then, up guitar comics, and then there's other people that just kind of use, use it, it a little a, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but there are then there are guys like to me like I wouldn't categorize Henry Phillips as a guitar comic, but he can do, he does both, uh, like just straight stand up and his songs, mm-hmm. but his song, like he's a musician. Like yeah. Henry is a guitar player and a, and a vocalist. Like he can sing, like that's a, like that's not his song, his lyrics are jokey, but it's like, like Weird Al makes music. You know what I mean? It's funny, but it's legit he's a musician, music, he's a musician, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say to, to go back to a part of your story, which, um, this is what we we ultimately learned from guys like the mobile gas station guy with his back to the 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 you know not doing his job and playing his guitar right. Um, we learned that in our minds back then, 
we compared that guy who drummed all day or played his guitar all day. We were like, this guy is going places, right? Kind of like if you played football all day or soccer all day or baseball all day, there was a better chance you'd get like the scholarship to go into the bigs, right? Going to the pros, right? And then we learned really what it was all about when the internet hit. And that's when we found out how many guitar virtuosos there were in the world that will never go anywhere except on the interwebs. Remember, that was a big thing when the internet first hit was how many people shared videos of like, check this guy out in this basement right here that can crush it. And like that, they had just peaked in that moment, crushing it on the internet. Yeah. With the, with the, with the, with the, with the twiddle fingers, dude. Like that's when you learn like, oh, not everybody. Well, yeah, yeah. It ends up becoming a special skill for the guy in human resources. Like, right? Like that's, that's where a lot of guitaring went. Well, yeah. It, I don't mean that, that to demean it. I'm just saying that's just the reality of it. Like, they're not in a band. They well, weren't going to become, you know, that also, guy. Also, the guy who can crush, you know, Eruption or or like a Joe Satriani solo in his basement on the internet is one thing. A guy who can then write music right. that equals that is another thing. You no, know? but if they still mastered a skill. Like, I could never... I've tried but, repeatedly but to pick up a guitar, and I can't. It's mastering just not a skill happen. where all you're doing is playing other people's music is 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 one thing. But, like, being a person who picks up a guitar and creates their own music and and creates a following that way, that's another thing. Like, oh, trust me, John. We've all been in college where someone's like, <laughs> let's go see the cover band, and then they wreck the night by going, guys, we're about to play one of our originals. And then you realize in that well, moment that they can't write original music. Well, you also and everybody was like, "Can you just play the romantic song again?" Uh, yeah, because I want you to go back to that. You so. realize quickly that even though you don't smoke cigarettes, you'll go outside and inhale secondhand smoke because their <laughs> original music sucks so bad. <laughs> you'd rather be outside. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you said like you're you know. I, I, I want to ask you a question about this because my kids get in this argument all the time now. So I'm curious in your childhood if you did the same thing because my brother and I had this same issue, which was staking ownership of liking specific people. And then if it ever came up, you'd be like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, that's my Eddie guy. Van, Eddie no, Van no. Halen, I said I like I like Eddie, Eddie Van, Van Halen. Halen. You have to like someone else. My brother and I used to get yeah. in arguments about mm -hmm. uh, the band Rush. Ooh, I like and where so this is going. He was like, "No, no, Rush is my band. That's like my Rush poster in the room." So I've identified Did with Rush. Did you share a room? Yeah. So okay. he was like, "Don't, don't secondhand identify." Don't look with at my, that poster. Don't look at that which poster. Which eventually, I going back to my douchebag days. You ripped it down. I didn't rip it down. I had to do uh, in high school for whatever reason. This is early days of video. We had to make a music video, and I took his poster down and I cut out each guy individually. To put them on poster board so that I could cut back and forth to during the song twenty one twelve to each which person was doing what in the thing, and he came home and he was like, "Where's my rush poster?" And I was like, uh, "Just you." Uh, How old was he? How old were you? We were both in. I was like in ninth grade, maybe or maybe no. You know, I know, I know what it was. He was going to he was going to college still in. He still was at home. Going to college, but yeah, he still had the poster. Still, where's his rush poster? I mean, if he was forty, I'd be like, "All right, dude, your rush poster's no, gone." But like. He's still like no. We were still college. living. Yeah, he's like, hey man, we're still living together, and I was an asshole. So as most brothers are, and so I cut your it older up, brother. Yeah, yeah. By, he, by three years, by three years. Did so he beat you up, be, hit you, abuse. Nah, he was not a fighter. He only, you know, that that's not how we rolled. It was just he got really pissed. Probably went and found my mom. My mom probably did something to me. I, I blacked out a lot of my asshole days, but I do remember that specifically because there is probably somewhere in the archives of William Horlick High School in Racine, Wisconsin. 
a really uh, bad music video that I had made with a lot of fades and cross dissolves. The early days of fading and crossing dissolves, yeah, yeah. which basically was I almost like a gear shift in a in a car of this big thing you go cross dissolve and you like move this big gear over to the like because you were doing it a lot in you the, were recording live to. Oh, the wait, cameras were, were live to a massive videotape. I'm going back way to old school right. EV clubs. Stuff you see. Can you, can you like, give us a year? Because because this is kind of interesting. Can I'm you, guessing it's somewhere between '84 and '86. I'm guessing. Okay, somewhere. now that is that sounds like in the scheme of things that is really like the fact that where you start with that with the, like the huge. Okay, so it was like a huge. Was it real? The real like a video. I tape honestly type don't remember. I mean, it's it's. I'm trying to remember, but I just remember that everything had to be do, done live to tape. Like there was no post. Production. So, was, meaning while you're shooting it, you had to do that. Yeah, and you had to have somebody standing there, and they would have to move stuff. Wow. You know, look, it was archaic stuff. Like, but I, I still have looked More back. More people and I'm like, had jobs. Yeah, we have a guy that just <laughs> cranks over the dissolve. Like, okay. Like. <laughs> anyway, so so yes, and I listen to my kids argue about it all the time. Like, both of my kids uh, have staked claims on Anthony Rizzo to have liked him first. First of all, I liked him first. Okay, so. well, you're gonna have to work that without the two of them, but. But yeah, I, and I always said, I'm like, guys, who cares? But it mat- I, I forget that it matters to them. Like, they're, it's, it, no, I said, I remember being the first, and, and then when they dragged me in, they're like, Dad, remember when I said the first, remember uh, I said it yeah. that one time? And I'm like, okay, first off, I don't remember your dad remembering <laughs> that one time that I probably wasn't paying attention that one time, too. Yeah, I didn't remember that time. There's a lot of times Dad doesn't remember. Dad well, blocks a lot of stuff out. It's starting to become like they're getting at an age now where they'll say something like, Dad, did you even hear a word I said? Dad, are you listening to me right now? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't, uh, I didn't, I wasn't listening. But, then I, but, you know. Because if you're not honest with that, it's going to turn into like, well, you said that I could get a new car. And yeah. you're like, wait, what? No, yeah, no, I they can't, they're not playing that trick. I'm making any happen. Did you, so did you and your brother have any arguments about the ownership of... Uh, you know, we did, definitely. I can't I can't remember like... But, oh, there was there was like like ACDC. We had neighbors, our next door neighbors, um, the Lee brothers. Um, <laughs> they, Jamie and I became friends and like we would skateboard around and everything and like... I would, you know, throw the term skate rat and whatever. I was a skate rat, right? And then I, I had this label on myself. And then my brother was like, I want to be a skate rat. I go, you can't be. I'm already a skater. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> and he was like, all right, fine. So he, like, listened to, like, instead of, like, ACDC, he, like, hung out with Jamie's older brother and, like, listened to, like, Queen and, like, more metal and stuff like that. So it was... But that's like just a that was like, that was like a brief thing, and then it was like, yeah, I don't care what you listen to. Like, musically, me and my brother were on the same page for a really long time and still are. Uh, well, eventually you get over it. I just think it's funny yeah, early on. Like, yeah, I love was, how the fact that you quick, assumed quick. a full culture. Yeah, You're like, no, I no, did. I was like, I, I own no, this whole I, culture. I do this now. I do this. <laughs> but I think what it is is I think that you're. While you're trying to fit into a larger group, yeah, you're also sort of trying to maintain an individuality that sets you apart from just everybody else in that group. And if your brother is like running around dressing like you and borrowing your shirts and like all that shit, you're yeah. like, hey man, this is now you're looking like now you're kind of. Like that, I, well, because you know you're going to get made fun of by your friends if they see your brother the comes thing. in the room and hey guys, Although, what's going on? Like, oh hey, Minnie John. You know the funniest thing is is like that was never, like my friends never like we made fun of my brother collectively, but my brother was always there. Oh good, ganging on. No, dealing with it like and laughing or else like giving it back. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was never really that lopsided, and we never were like, yeah, oh, you're the little brother, get out of here. Never, no one ever made fun of me for him being around, but he was only two years younger, and. 
he became he was like a psychopath in high school. He was really funny. He would like do crazy shit, like fart on teachers and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, he would go to the front. He'd go, I don't understand this problem. He'd go up there and he'd, you know, and he'd and everyone in the class would be like, what? And, and the teacher would be like, what are you doing? And he's like, what? What? <laughs> like he would just like fart. My mom would get calls about it. By the way, I had an emergency poop this morning. Oh, and I, was, I had to. I was trying to take my youngest son. Fifty to cc's school. of toilet paper stat. <laughs> no. So we uh, the the coffee worked quicker than normal, and I, in a plus forty world, realized that I had to. I started running the numbers. I was like, I could take him to school, um, but there's a chance and crap in the car, or or just just basically get him late for school. And just, I, I'm like, we got to make a, we have to make a, uh, um, uh, you know, a detour. Oh, you turned around, or you just? Well, I was dropping off kid number one. And then getting ready to drop off kid number two, and I was like, are "Look, school, buddy, are there schools far apart? Far enough, <laughs> not far enough apart for that moment." Yeah. So I said, "I'm like, look, buddy, um, we're going home. I got, a, I have a, I have a, I have a pool emergency." And he's like, "All right, cool. Can I watch YouTube?" Like he could care less, right? Yeah, I didn't care about your shits. And I, and so I was like, "You're probably going to be late, but we'll see what we can do, right?" So we um, also doesn't care about that either. Oh no, I'm gonna. Well, be Well, he doesn't. You know, he likes to be. You know. They, yeah. they make you feel good about never being tardy at that school. So there's like a little badge of honor. It's uh. like winning a trophy, if you will. So anyway, uh, it, it, uh, it, you know, it, was, it was longer than expected based on the amount of pressure. You know, like you get a pressure on, you're like, oh, this is going to come out. <laughs> I got a situation here, but it's going to resolve itself pretty quick, right? Well, yeah. unfortunately, I, I had too many jalapenos last night, so it wasn't as easy as I thought it was. But the bottom line is... So I take him to school, and I, I was like, well, I was just going to drop you off. Maybe we'll make the thing. And I was like, ah, you know what? I'll uh, I'll park and I'll walk in and I park and we walk in and he's like, hey guys, sorry, I'm like my dad had to go poop. I'm like, you know what? We never <laughs> was this Elliot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we never had a. You don't need to announce to everyone. Uh, but yes, he does. I mean, come on. First of all, it probably got him laughs because kids think all poop is funny. And also, do you hear Elliot's dad went poop this morning? Yeah, that's that's, what I'm, that's I'm more concerned about the playground chat today was like, do you hear? Yeah. And then it gets home to dinner. Well, how was school today? Well, oh, man. You know my friend Elliot? Yeah, he was late. Oh, is, that, is he everything okay? Yeah, his dad had a poo emergency. <laughs> but I will tell you, What's worse, um, Elliot's dad uh, pooped his pants at school today, or Elliot no, no, was late no. because his, his dad, dad has you not... chose to use a toilet at home like a human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's that's much. Are you saying pooping your pants is inhuman? No, like, not... like we all haven't had that experience in college? Well, first of all, I believe I've spoke about it many times on stage. <laughs> yes, you have. But like, yeah, I, I, I mean, but also you just rather would do it uh, in a toilet and be late. Like that's just that's common sense. Like anyone would rather have that. I just f- always forget that like kids are like I'm gonna pretty much announce this just so you know. That's Everything why that's why I always do. used to say I used to joke about this not on stage but just joke about it in general that I learned very early on with kids. That's why you don't take kids in with you at the doctor's appointments because they're yeah. listening. And they can blurt out anything because there's no privilege there with them. There's no doctor. Well, you have a rectal rash, Mr. Irwin. My dad has a rectal rash, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why you have to, you know. We yeah. haven't. When was the last time we did a show? By the way, I feel like we haven't seen each other in a long time. Ten years ago, time. I think it was nineteen eighty nine. Was the year? What was our last show? Uh, End of the year? No, no, man. But it was close. It wasn't. Okay. We've been. We've been. We've been gone for like probably over a month. That's crazy. So, like, uh, what do you can't been? even remember what our last show was? That's how long ago it was. It doesn't yeah. even matter. I guess it's it not doesn't. Relevant. It is Friday the thirteenth, though. Okay, there's Bring that, that up again. That. Oh, yeah. oh. So back to Tubi.tv. Okay, oh, so. Yeah. 
You have to. There's. It's a, the the reason why I say download that app is because T U B I T U B I dot TV. It's an app. I think you can get it on both uh, any of the um, whatever the boxes are called. You know, my grandpa moment there. Whatever Apple TV or oh, the Fire? Amazon. Fire oh, you can get it. Oh, okay. All right. That's where you download the apps, not just on your iPads or whatever. Anyway, I stumbled upon it on accident because I was bored one day, and I was like, I wonder, because I'm getting ready to get rid of, I'm out. I'm getting rid of DirecTV. Oh, no. I'm not getting the NFL package anymore. Well, dude, that's done. stupid. But yeah, I mean. No, I'm should, saying, but that was the only trap, right? That's a trap. And then well, I was if like. I don't have DirecTV. I gotta, I'm going to lose some of my apps. Well, um, so uh, killing all that because it's just, it's way cheaper to just pay for the highest speed internet service and then just go um, sling TV and all that kind of stuff. So I was actually going through all the apps that were available and I stumbled upon Tubi.tv and I was like, I wonder what this is because it wasn't a paid for service. I thought, well, that's pretty odd. Like what possibly do you have if you don't want that's any free. of my money? Yeah. And that's when I found out, I'm like, oh my God, Stock. you guys warehouse old stuff that may be good, but nobody gives a shit about. Right. The but people or, that held the rights to it are long dead. Yes, or, yeah, or, or just in a, never, or in a yeah. mental institution. Yes, exactly, yeah. and that's what it is. It's like it's like the creme de la creme of shitty independent <laughs> filmmaking. I love it and bad horror and Elvira. <laughs> and I was like, sold. I'm in. I like how you like. There's there's must be some part of you that thinks Elvira was some sort of legit amazing thing because like she was on TV though it was campy it, it, yeah but it was campy on purpose like, yeah. she was from the Groundlings so it was like campy on purpose like that whole thing was done I think yeah. she was on USA up all night part of that whole like, that thing was back that in was the like day. her comeback because before that she was like on I mean I remember Elvira from like. When I was in like I'm really young, I'm like yeah. But for me, it's like I identify even if it's shitty, I identify with that stuff. Like yeah. that was part of no, my youth you, of like you your first about, yeah, yeah, discoveries, just, right? Yeah. Like bad or not, like creature feature. I was son of Svengooli. That's what Sven I was going which, which, by the way, he made a comeback on Me TV. Oh, I thought there was reruns. no way this guy is alive, and then Wait, I thought to what? myself, like Kiss. You never know how old someone is because they're wearing. I guess makeup. he could have been like twenty, and so he still he's he's redid it for me TV because I was like, oh, they're playing old Son of Fanguli, and I was like, well, why would they be playing old Son of Fanguli? Because then he made some more recent references, and I was like, oh my god, this, this guy's still new. alive. So I googled him, and he's like in his seventies or whatever, you know? Wow, and he's still doing it. On me TV, yeah, isn't that funny? That's awesome. I open up the window; it's spring, and in come all the fucking flies. Actually, just one. I think he just went right. No, out. there's more than one. Oh, you dirtbags! Doesn't matter. They're gonna. Um, anyway, yeah. So, two B TV. Check it out. Got horror movies. So, I'm 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 finding all these puppet things. Like, I just love all this weird stuff. So, I'm just all I'm saying is that it's worth it tracking that stuff down. Just yeah. watch bad. Just watching bad independent films again. I can't watch them all the way through, but a good twenty minutes into any bad. Independent movie made back in the day is worth a watch. Doesn't just even because have to be it's independent, it could be a garbage studio. Like, don't you watch Mystery Science Theater or like Rift Tracks? Or, yeah, I mean, those some of those were like had theatrical releases. Yeah, that's true. And you're like, oh, and that's I think that becomes the frustrating thing is like when you're trying to get something made or when you have a script and you're like, you know, it's not the worst movie that's ever been written. Yeah, and yet the worst movie that has ever been written has been made. It's right. Like, it's like, how did that's that, already been done. How did that happen? That has already been. Speaking of that, my movie came out. Oh, um, uh, yeah, Fix. That was probably the last, one of the last ones we did. That's right, yeah. Oh, Alonzo was probably the last <laughs> one we had on here. Now I think about it. It's so sad. Um, yeah, so Fix came out. It's uh, it's out. It's done really well. I it's, it's everywhere, so hopefully if you've watched it, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. If you haven't, it's out there uh, forever and a day, and it, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I did a lot of other people's podcasts, 
uh, and I appreciate that. Steve Simone uh, had on the Earl Skakel. Ah, oh, the Skakels. Earl Skakels was the only one which I thought was really funny. And 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 for just one, like one of the people reviewed it and was like, "What's up with that dude talking about being a parent all the time?" And I was and I, I, I part of me was like, "Fuck you," and then second part was like, "Oh, you just haven't gotten there yet, so you're so." Checked out, like I, I, I get it. I get that there are some people who are like, "Holy fuck!" with a bag of fuck chips with the, with the family stuff. It's like, well, when you live it, you'll understand fully. But the funny thing was, is I didn't. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about the comedy store and our early days with that and the Ian Bag Show and all that stuff was primarily. But you know, like anything, it, whatever's going on in your current life, you're going to have conversations about that. And obviously, I was promoting the movie Fix, which is about. Parenthood and family yeah. and all that other stuff. Yeah. So I thought that was that was pretty funny. So it was I was glad that he uh, that he had me on the full charge had me on. But of course ended up telling the whole the whole story of the suicide house across the street. Oh was yeah. Where it all started only because I told them that during the and I forgot about this that that was all happening as I was writing this movie. So like all he was like, oh that's a backstory that's not even in the film. But I was like, that's yeah, like all your that. heart of darkness for apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah, exactly. That's Which it didn't have, make didn't make the anything. Making of fixed. <laughs> Had nothing to do with it, but that was definitely in the in the backdrop of all the craziness and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I uh, appreciate all those people uh, having me on. Uh, yeah. Joe, Joe Sib. Nice. Do you know who Joe Sib is? I do. Do you know what he used to be? Uh, Lead singer of the band Wax, yeah, yes. which I believe uh, uh, the famous music video, which was made by the guy that when uh, McGee, yeah, went on to make a lot of stuff. That was his first music video. I remember that because I was working in radio at the time. First radio hey. drop of 2018. No, it's not the first one of 2018. Um, well, but it's the first one of April. We'll go, yeah, of Friday the 13th. Of Friday the 13th, yeah. Anyway, so I had he he had me on his uh, podcast. So a lot of lot of um, a lot of people stepped up. So I really appreciate everybody that helped me out. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I'm I know a lot of people that watched it and liked it and enjoyed it. So that's good too. So thank those people as well. Yeah, thank you, uh, everyone that was clamoring. Yeah, the clamoring, clamoring was great for fix to come. And out. you mentioned the comedy store. On a sad note, uh, Mitzi Shore passed away on uh, Wednesday. She did. I saw that you posted a tweet. I did not. I'm currently off of social media. All social media. I've taken a break from it, which is totally fine. And yet, you saw that I posted a tweet. No, no. I'm personally. Yeah, you lurk. I don't want to, but I don't want to be. I, 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 I didn't want to be obsessed with it anymore. And I think that I became obsessed with like posting and giving a shit and all that kind of stuff. So now. I'm more passive about it, giving myself more free time in life. I'm not anti anything. I don't give a shit about that. I, whatever. But the uh, um, if you if that's what, if you get off on it and you're having a good time with it, awesome for you. I was not. Um, uh, the only good news that I found out was that Owen Benjamin got kicked off of it. So the um, uh, uh, reason why I was bringing it up is because I did not post. That would have been you would think because I was a comedy store guy that I did. I posted about Mitzi, but I felt bad because Mitzi did not like me. She did pass me, but I still remember before I got passed, I was working at the comedy store in La Jolla, and um, they nicknamed me back down there back in the day, The Enforcer, because I was like, even, even when I was a comic going on stage, you know, I had to be a door guy and all that kind of stuff, and that's where I started was in La Jolla. Uh, I ran the room, so I, I sat the people, and if you were an asshole, I took care of shit. Nice. Like a lot of comics that are door guys and run the rooms, they're afraid because they're like, I got to go up. And then these people are going to think I'm a dick and yeah, they're going to want to laugh. And I was, my attitude was like, they fuck up the whole show. They fuck it up for all of us, not just me. So I'm, I'd rather be like, hey, knock that shit off, be cool, or get the fuck out. Like yeah. I didn't care, you know? 
Uh, and I remember her coming in once, and uh, I was in like, La Jolla? You know, yeah, you know, and, and it was the queen. It was the first time, like the queen's coming, right? And she very rarely at that point, she was already in declining health, but she would still occasionally make a La Jolla visit. And this would have been, God, this would have been like 2000. Wow. And uh, she came in and like, you know, everybody's all worked up, whatever. And I was like, I felt like, oh, okay, well then I'm not going to let anybody fuck with her. She's frail and... And she just wants to be focused. So I kind of stayed near her to make sure that people didn't bother her. And eventually she pulled over the general manager and was like, who's that guy? He's creepy. Get him away from me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm glad I really worked that whole thing out. I'm just trying to be good. And but, she's like, he's creepy. And I deserved it, right? Well, you know, like the way I look at it is like, if I was creeping you out, I'm creeping you out, man. Yeah, but also, like you said, she eventually passed you, which means she didn't remember you from that. No. Otherwise, she would have said, you creeped me out that one time, yeah. but I think your <laughs> stuff is funny, so you can go on calling your avails on Monday. Well, I am, um, to my credit, I am probably one of the most nondescript, unrecognizable, average white males you're ever going to run into. Like, I don't look like anybody specific, and I don't look like anything memorable. Like, there's nothing. I'm very, like, well, nondescript. booster over there. So, well, yeah, but it also comes to your my advantage sometimes, i.e., creepy guy one day... Past. Just regular looking white dude right, the yeah, next. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm easy to forget, which means sometimes if I do something bad, that weighs to my oh, advantage. There you go. Nondescript white guy. But uh, yeah, I did. I tweeted about it. I tweeted towards Pauly just to say, you know, sorry about your mom. Yeah, it's horrible. Look, here's the thing. I saw him last night, by the way. Actually, I was up there. I had I had a spot Wednesday night I was supposed to do, and then she passed away, and they closed the store they for did. like only the third time in like Understandable. 30 years or whatever. Yeah. And uh and the next day, like, there's this joke I always have with Adam and uh, the bartender there. How I've there's been a couple times when I went up there and the shows I was supposed to be on were canceled, and I'm like, "Hey, man!" And they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry, that show got canceled." I'm like, "Well, what about a call? I just drove up here and found parking." And like, "Come on, man!" You know, I was like, I, "But I gave him kind of a hard time about it." So the joke would be every time I would show up and the two of them would be there, they'd be like, "Ooh, hey!" <laughs> well, Adam used to call me Cancel and Gretel, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and and so like when I went up there last night, I went to the bartender. I go, "Hey." My show was canceled last night. What happened? <laughs> he was like, "Can you believe it?" Like everyone was in pretty good spirits. Like I mean, even Paulie didn't like. He was. He seemed kind of down. You know what I mean? But he was there. They were having like a little bit of something in the belly room, and I'm sure they're going to do a massive memorial at uh, at some point because she was so influential and so important in 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 so many comedians' starts and lives. And I mean, back in the day, when you think about the people that started at the door. Like Sam Kinison used to seat people. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that guy telling you where to sit? <laughs> and then getting up on stage and you being like, that animal sat me? Oh yeah. my God. I don't want him walking me out. Like, yeah. Jesus. But but I just think like there was, I mean, it speaks volumes that the Laugh Factory, the Improv, the Ha Ha, the Ice House all had up something about Mitzi. Do you know what I mean? These are competing clubs. And the Improv and the Comedy Store, they were like, kind of battled it out back in the 80s there was a lot of a lot of uh kind of back and forth about paying the comics and all this nonsense but like they knew enough that like they owe it's like a lot of people owe her a lot you know so well you know i i had a love-hate relationship with the club always had sure. but one of the things that um i i understood very early on was that opportunity was there and that, that was kind of the, the, the I, I think, the one thing that separated the comedy store from other clubs was the belief that you had a, you had a, a chance. You had an opportunity there. 
Um, and the others felt, it, it, if you were a new comic, they felt a little bit more corporate, a little bit harder to get into. The comedy store, it made comedians um, feel like, I think I, I think I got a chance over there. We had a, it had a different identity, and that doesn't that's not a slam against any of the other clubs. It's just that the comedy store had a specific identity that was a little bit more like, ah, oh, sometimes it's just the rats over there. But that, but you know what? That if it's just the rats over there, it as a comedian, yeah. you're like, I have a shot. It, it offered <clears throat> at least a level of uh, of belief that you could you could in Hollywood of all places, and especially based on its history, like, again, you know, you, oh, black walls and black this or whatever, and it's had its dark days, but the bottom line is when you walk through there, you can never not um, think of the Sam Kinnisons, the Richard, Louis Andersons, Richard the Richard Pryors, the, you know, the the Jim Carreys, the Robin Williams. You, keep, you can go on and on yeah. and on. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's insane. And it, that club was very rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like, the improv was it was comedy was rock and roll back in the day, but like the comedy store just seemed, you know what I mean. Even just every documentary you've ever seen, every picture you've ever seen, you're like, man, that is. Well, like the majority of the people I think that that uh, of influence for us from from David Letterman on, it's like they went through there. Yeah, and and again, it's 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 very well noted. And documented that guys like Gary Shandling and and Jerry Seinfeld had their issues with that club. On you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I get, everybody's had their issues with that club, but they still got it. Like you know what I mean? Like everybody at the end of the day may have had some form of an issue, but but to me that's just it's. But that could go for any club anywhere. It could go I with just, any family anywhere. Yeah, do you know what I mean? To and me, and that's the other, that's the other thing. It was a family-run business. Yeah, which on the Sunset Strip. And if you look at it, everything else around it except for the Rock and Roll Hilton next door has kind of come and gone, you know. And this place House of is Blues just, is gone. gone. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a skyline now. Which is yeah, they're going to build very, very weird, they're going to build something awful there. Course. But like yeah, <laughs> it'll probably be like a 30, 30 uh, story you know residential building or something. Well, you know, I'd rather see like a five story parking structure because yeah. like they need something to they need parking on Sunset. You know, that's not like. Eighty dollar lots or whatever, but but I don't want to. It's like uh, anyway. You th- anyway, th- yeah. That so skyline will be gone. And any and I just wanted to mention Mitzi because yeah, I, rest like, in peace, Mitzi. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether or not everybody gets along with people, um, you cannot deny the impact that no, she had on no. comedy in this city. Um, and uh, you know what? Honestly, uh, for all his faults, Paulie was always nice to me, and I I feel bad for Paulie. I really do like going through this stuff. And he knew his mom was in pain for a long time. I she think, was very I sick. Think there's a lot of relief a long time. from the family as well. Just meaning that she's because she was in so much pain. Yeah. And it was just such a. I mean, she's been for a lot. Like I think the last time I this I only saw her at the club a couple times, and the last time I saw her at the club was the only time I ever spoke to her. And I think she said something like, "You're in my way." And I was like, oh, my Congrats. God, sorry. Yeah, and then I moved out of the way, but it was in the belly room. She'd come up to watch somebody, and I kind of just watched her. You know what I mean? I watched her watch this comic. I don't even remember who the comic was, and I was just like, that's kind of crazy. Like, if, I don't know what her – because back then, I still feel like she had – she was part of the process. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long after that that she was not part of the process anymore, and, and that's when things kind of took – uh, the went, Tommy days, yeah, like really kind of went a little bit downhill, and then I think also I, known as the Tommy days. Yeah, I actually asked that last night. I goes, is Tommy going to come back now? <laughs> um, but no, but now with Adam, I mean, I think, I think it's also nice that it, you know, I don't know her how lucid she was or what her deal was at the end, but I think it, it must have been nice to see the turnaround 
and to see what Adam had done to the place, meaning like yeah, exactly, three rooms packed every fucking night, like three rooms, multiple shows per room, yeah, packed, sold out with with the the top comics in the business doing all three rooms, giving all these people the time of their lives, like. That's almost like a nightly thing there. You know, they might have an off night, you know what I mean? But I'm talking Monday through Sunday, they've got audiences and they are hot, you know what I mean? And they're and they're getting good solid comedy. It's not it's not it's like there was a period of time when they just repeated the same comics and the comics had the same jokes and it was the same thing night after night after night after night and if you brought somebody there in March, they're going to have the same stuff if you brought them back there in September to see the same comics and it's like the, the, what it is now, which is such a, it's just, it's, it's, it's worked itself back into its name, back into its iconic status. You know what I mean? It's become legendary again. Yep, agreed. So yeah, you know, again. So I hope she got to see that and really take it well, in. Well, I read that was one of the things. I think Paulie brought her back over to the store too, as well. The correct? day, but the day before she passed away, uh, he's like, "We're taking me and uh, Alfred, the guy who takes care of her." Where uh, they put her in the car, it was, it was a long process, but they got her to the club so she could see it one last time. But I think they all knew that, yeah, that was the end. Um, yeah, I mean, again, um, great stuff. Really appreciate it. I hope the legacy continues. I really do. Yeah, me that too. That was man. always a concern, as if she passed, and for some reason they felt like, okay, now's the time to capitalize on the real estate. Mom is gone. Now I the think... the matriarch is gone. Blah blah blah. All those fears will come in, and but you if know, it at- happened ten years ago. I would say, yeah, they're probably going to sell the place. But now, I don't know why you would. You know, well, you know, it's an interesting thing. I don't know if this happens as much in other cities, but um, one of the things that I think people um, are, are are not aware of is that Los Angeles is also you. You, you got to be careful when sometimes when you own property. There's only so much you can get away with sometimes because people do petition to make things landmarks and stuff like that. So right. um, that that could be one of those situations where, which if it ever went down that path, that um, it, it could face that too. I, if, I hope for the sake of the character that drives people to the city, that you don't want to see all the character be wiped off the face of what Los Angeles, the Sunset Strip, and everything agree. it stands for. I agree. Um, if you start getting rid of all those things, then then really what you know, don't please don't get rid of all the history. Dude, if I can't go to the Rainbow every once in a while, like me and Eddie went that's to that's another wi- perfect example. If that stuff all yeah, goes away, me and Eddie went to the whiskey uh, for a show last Saturday. It was awesome. You know what I mean? Like I I I love Sunset Strip. Parking sucks, but like. <laughs> I, I do like it. I like going to shows at the Whiskey. I like the Roxy. I like, I like the Rainbow. I love hanging out at the Rainbow. Did you I hear I mean? the Viper Room is uh, in threats of possibly being? Uh... I don't know, but if they don't fix whatever's wrong with the plumbing downstairs, that place should burn to the ground. I mean, it. The calling it the Diaper Room is not an exaggeration. It smells like a dirty diaper in the basement. I don't know what is going on in that place. Well, or, or basically like uh, Oakland Athletics uh, uh, Stadium. Same uh, thing. That was Dodger Stadium. No, no, no. But athletics—that's been a ongoing thing for years about. Oh, the, really? The plumbing there. Oh, but you saw what happened at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. All well, the, but they'll fix that. Yeah, they did already. I mean, that was like, but that was crazy. Uh, all the poo ran out on the field during an exhibition game. Yeah, not the, uh, not the, the emojis. Not uh, the emojis. Uh, the uh, uh, we, I just don't want everything to go to the down, down the the path of uh, Toys R Us, which, by the way, 
So I was going through a bunch of uh, uh, stuff in my house, doing some spring cleaning. I found a Blockbuster gift card for $15, and I was immediate. My thir- first thought was... Is there a Blockbuster in this area? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and damn it, why did I not go in there and just buy anything? And it's a way... So I'm obviously not going to get rid of the card, because I think it's pretty funny. Frame it. Or um, go online and find out if there's one somewhere. There might there's be no s- way, no way. You don't there's think there's no, one no, open? No way. Why would there be a Blockbuster left anywhere? Because I, a small town... I suppose you know some people I mean? just don't let go. But Toys R Us on the way out. Yeah. Uh, that's that's official. Amazon killed it. Uh, did you hear the? And eh, I just think the world is evolving. Touchy feely's going away, man. And that's 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 the part that people are just going to have to grapple with. I look at it like, all right, um, you know, I'm sure Mike Black has probably been in there buying everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, not surprising. I, I feel bad for his house right now because I, I'm sure the amount of stuff he's probably uh, going to cramming into his closets. Oh, Mike Black. He's got a trunk full of stuff. But yeah, I mean, did you hear this? There's a really sad song somewhere that a guy did about Toys R Us. Like he redid the Toys R Us song as a sad song. <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I don't want to be a, I want to be uh, a Toys R Us kid. And he did his end like a really, I don't want to grow up. <laughs> so if yeah. you find that, that's online somewhere. Uh, but anyway, you know, I mean, I was, uh, I, I, I didn't take the kids to Toys R Us as much as I, I, I used to because I just didn't have the interest. Yeah. That was a thing for us growing up. That was a very special occasion. It was a big deal, man. That and going to McDonald's, which we don't really do that anymore. No, it's like because old... I don't know why that I mean, I, I thought that was because a big thing, too. back like... in the day, it was. It was a big day. There were yeah. also wasn't a gazillion fast food restaurants and, like, you know no, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Starbucks is like the new McDonald's now for kids, which is really weird. It is weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want McDonald's? I want a latte. Look, dude, you're eight. Stop wanting a latte. So what else have you been doing since you've been gone? Uh, well, since uh, you've been gone, name the band. Uh, uh, since you've been uh, uh, three, not, not Starship. Two, Journey. No, one. Uh, and the Outfield. You never would have got it. Since you've been there's been more than one version of it, so it's probably yeah. fair, it's fair to you that I could have uh, said. Uh, 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 that's who I was singing, and it's probably not even the, the name of the song. It's probably just a line in one of their songs. I, I think it is. Well, anyway, um, I did this. Uh, I, I worked on this. Um, still working staring on staring at your photograph, process. right? Since you've been gone, I've been staring at your photograph. Okay, you, you good? That's it. Oh, okay. Uh, I worked on this uh, web series called My Death Co. It's, okay. Um, these guys, this guy Sean Mc, McDaniel's and uh, Ben Hammond, they came to a show I was on, like probably two years ago at this point, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Hey, man, we really like your comedy." And I go, "Oh, thanks." They go, hey, can I call you about this project we're doing? I go, sure, you know, always. And they were like, the next day I got an email that was like, hey, man, we want you to play, like, the Grim Reaper in <laughs> this thing. And I'm like, that's, so they saw my comedy, and they were like, you know what? You would be good as death. And I was like, oh, that's nice. But it was, it turned out to be, they didn't really know what, what it was at first. So we shot, we shot kind of a, a sizzle reel type trailer that was, the, the concept is I, my character, Sam, has killed himself uh, and in, has gone into the afterlife. But in the afterlife, he's been given a job. And that job is with the Reaper division at a company called My Death Co., which is the only name in afterlife transition. So it's, I, it's my job to then that's go their, back. That's their uh, hook? That's yeah. what it's called? The yeah. only name in afterlife? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they, I'm sent to sort of help ease certain people into their afterlife. Mm-hmm. And I'm bad at it at first, and I have a boss that doesn't care for my tactics and 
etc. But it's uh, the first episode has come out. They're only like four minute, five minute episodes. <clears throat> but the idea is to it's going to be a six episode series, and then uh, hopefully try to sell that as a television show. But uh, you can check it out. It's on Vimeo. It's on you know YouTube, and it's on Facebook, I believe. Uh, My Death Co. Um, and there's on Instagram and Twitter and all that jazz too, but it's, you know, it's comical, it's a little dark, but, uh, it's, um, it's really fun. So I'm hoping that we can keep doing them. You know what I mean? Good. Yeah. So I posted on, uh, um, Facebook on the, uh, Hollywood anonymous page. Yeah. Oh yeah. Links. Are they there? Uh, the links, if not, they will be there. Yeah. Uh, and also since it's Friday the 13th, I'm in this. Uh, a horror anthology that comes out on Amazon Prime today. Ooh. It's called By Night Origins. And it is three... It's it's these guys who I met... Um, You're actually, meeting a lot of people. Well, I auditioned for them. Okay. I'm not sure how I f- they found me. But but um, a talented group of people, for sure. And it was just the idea of bringing back... Like, I'm a big Twilight Zone fan. You know, I like... I like to Tales from the Dark Side. I like those kind of standalone, like like to me, a lot of there was X Files that had, you know, roaming like a through line through a season or whatever. But a lot of X Files episodes are good standalone episodes that you could work into some sort of a horror anthology. And I kind of always liked that idea, like three stories, one half hour, you know. So that this first series that's come out is is three episodes that are. You know, I think probably about ten minutes, ten minute each at the at the max. But um, you can get that if you have Amazon Prime. Uh, that's online, and I'm going to put up all the links when I get home today uh, as well for all that stuff. So, hey, whatever happened to that can. pilot you and I did about parenting or whatever? Remember uh, that? They, yeah, they're still working on it. They're still editing it and trying to fix some stuff. But since then, remember that problems with alcohol show I did? Actually. The Problems with Alcohol show that I hosted was the show that they found me at for the My Death Co. thing. Mm-hmm. And they, those guys sold sort of a pilot, I think, um, to E. Maybe I shouldn't even talk about it. I won't, I'll stop talking about it. I'm not involved, so it doesn't matter. There but, you go. This but, rumor has it. Rumor has it, yeah. Rumor has it. Name the, name the artist. I don't know. Adele. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you're no fun at game shows. That's not what we're doing here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, that's the other thing. My wife worked on a, a game show for two months. She was gone for two months. Two months. And while she was gone, I went to the Midwest for three weeks. Did you guys do FaceTime sex? Uh, no. You get your hand out of your pants. Come on, man. No. Uh, I went to New York to have real-time sex. And oh! Then, uh, in the airport. Wait, with Omar? In the airport bathroom, and then okay. I left. I flew home. By yourself? Yeah. In the bathroom and on the plane? Yep. Okay, good. I joined the Mile High Club solo. <laughs> um... Continue. So your wife was gone. Oh, yeah. She left Super Bowl Sunday and was gone until April 5th, April 4th. And so I went out there. I went to New York for a week. She worked in pre-production in New York, and they shot two weeks in Atlanta on a show called, it's going to be called Paid Off, which is a really funny game show. Like, the writing was really smart. I am sterilizing that microphone. You reached in your pants, Mm -hmm. itched your balls, and now you remind me to not, I got to wash that microphone. All right. You got to. I mean, you don't, but... Oh, yes, I could. Could you imagine if I had forgotten, and then later I'm talking to my kids on a microphone, and I'm looking, and I'm like, wait a minute. Bad news. First of all, you don't know even if I went under the... Oh, you did enough. You did enough to just get that stuck in my mind. Back to your wife. Okay. Back to your wife. 
Uh, so, all right. So, this... so her birthday was in February, so I flew out to New York. Oh, okay. And hung out with her for a That's, week. You were smart to do that. Um, and she was stayed at she stayed at my brother's house, so that was nice. I could visit with all of them at the same time. Does he live in the cities? You say house, so I'm guessing he does not live in the city. Oh, or he lives in Queens now. And is it in an actual house? Yeah. Oh, okay. He saved twenty five hundred dollars a month in rent by getting a three bedroom, full basement, garage, driveway, fenced in yard, front. Nice, ba- nice backyard, nice front yard. Um, Forgive my bathrooms. ignorance. How far? When you say Queen, I don't understand what Queens is. So how far is it? Like a train ride into the yeah, city, basically, what, and how the, long? The, the like, problem is that like it, it's like Queens, Manhattan, Brooklyn, but there are no trains from Queens to Brooklyn. So you got to go Queens to Manhattan to Brooklyn. So that's where she was working. So it was like a forty-five minute to an hour and a half commute every morning. Oh wow! So it's like that part was a little bit annoying, but the game show itself is comedy and it's about paying off student loans so it's like a worthwhile yeah game show do you know what i mean like and i went in for i did a, i played a contestant for a run through they did and i was like it was funny like i had a great time playing the game and it was comical so it was like it's the best of both worlds it's gonna be on true tv i'm, I'm hoping it's pretty successful because she put a lot of work into it uh and now she's back on shark tank already so she's working non-stop she's crushing it yeah she's the- yeah she's doing well she's Good. doing well busy you know but uh, but doing well, and then um, oh yeah, and then I was in. You did your mini tour, Appleton. Yeah, at the Skyline, Skyline. which was I know the Skyline. Such a fun club, such a fun weekend. That was just such a good time. Like a bunch of my friends from college came out. My family came down. My mom drove up. Like um, the shows were great. You know what I mean? They were all. I was nerve. Like I don't headline a lot. So when I get the chance, I'm always nervous that I'm not going to draw any people. So when I go to somewhere like the Jukebox in Peoria and I get there on a Thursday night and there's like 20 people, I'm like devastated. And they're like, this is actually really good. I was going to say, it's a Thursday night. For a lot of clubs, it's not a big night. But the Skyline on a Thursday night was almost jam-packed it was like i've always said that's one of the club it's been a long time since i've been there but i always i've always said that that's one of the clubs like it makes you feel good it's a feel good club it's almost cheating a little bit yeah (laughs) and the condo you know you get the the rumor or the the um stereotype about a comedy condo which is where the club would put you up if you're you're staying with them in town is that they're all dirty and they've been you know run through by other comedians who are savage beasts so when I got out of the condo, I was like, oh, man, I got to stay in the condo. Like, I brought a pillow and a towel from my mom's house. I brought, like, all this stuff for myself. And I got there. It was, like, the nicest. Like, I would have lived there. I'm like, ah, I'd live here. Like, it's <laughs> nice. Um, and the club was great. And seeing all my friends is great. And then that next weekend, I went to Cleveland. And, uh, I, you know, the jokes, remember, like, I don't know if you heard when you were, my dad used to say, yeah, I spent a, a, a week in Cleveland one night. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like this terrible, like, all I ever, like, my vision of Cleveland was this degenerate dump. Nope, know? it's a great city. And I have, I'll never understand where that all came from. I don't know either, man, because even back in the vaudeville days, people rolled through Cleveland. Like It's a big city. It's a big city, but it's, you know what I thought it was like, first of all, the club itself is amazing. Probably one of the best clubs. What clubs did you do there? Hilarities. Okay. Is it in the city? Where it's is it? Right. It's right in the middle of everything. Like okay. the city is downtown. You stay at the Hyatt. The clubs across the street. The Browns play here. The Cavs play here. Yeah. The Indians play here. The Rock and Roll it's Hall. It's all of Fame right is here. there. A huge library is over here. Like it's awesome. A friend of mine from college showed up and she took me on a tour of a record factory. Her brother, her boyfriend works at. Like it was a lot of fun. Did you go across the bridge? Uh, uh-uh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, that's the other Cleveland. 
Uh, maybe that's when it gets into the old dilapidated oh, steel oh. town stuff where you go. We oh. got we got close to that because because uh, the record factory was in kind of an area that was like yeah. more industrial. Yeah, that's that's and that's they, the part that gets a little bit sadder. Corn beef or whatever. And and the Christmas story house is right on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I didn't see that, which I kind of bummed. I forgot about. They but. only shot outside. The inside is all remade, so it's okay. But oh. it's still it's still cool to be around there. But it's not. It's in a pretty sketchy neighborhood, which is pretty interesting. But That's anyway, funny. continue your story. So well, yeah, but, but like I just I enjoyed like the idea that I could just walk across the street and the club was cool and the hotel was awesome and like and I've never been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so that was. Pretty, did you like it? I did. I did. I remember I told you last time I was there. I think I, we've talked about this on the show before. Saw Drew uh, Carey. Drew Carey was wandering <laughs> around there, but all he had to do was take his glasses off, and nobody knew who he was. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to put glasses on for people to <laughs> um, <laughs> to call you Drew Carey. So people thought I was Drew Carey. No, but man, I there was a guitar expi- uh, uh, exhibit there, and they had uh, Jerry Garcia's Rosebud guitar, which I you know was is something that I you know got a rock and roll chubby about <laughs> and uh getty lee's bass mm-hmm. and uh just i thought the coolest thing were some of the handwritten lyrics they had like handwritten lyrics from highway to hell from bon scott you're like jesus dude like picture that dude like oh I some lyrics and like oh whoa handwritten grateful dead lyrics handwritten uh, uh beach boys only god only knows like lyrics like just really kind of cool and then like cliff burton's bass from metallica you know uh, like an old uh, pig pen banjo from the Grateful Dead, like just really, just really interesting. Cool. I mean, there was there's a lot of memorabilia, and it's cool. But when you like the bands that you particularly like, when they're on display, it's mm-hmm. it means a little more. So it was I I had a really good, and it's only twenty six bucks, man. You walk in there, it's like it takes you a couple hours, and you're done. But it you know I I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. And then I went and took a picture of myself uh, in front of Progressive Field, and as as like the one thing I didn't do that I usually do is wear a Cubs hat in Appleton or in Cleveland, because I was like, I don't want to be, I'm not some sort of rub it in type guy, you know. So I was like, I just I wore Cubs colored shoes and I left it at that. At one at one point I said I'm from a small town in Illinois, and a guy in Appleton goes boo, and I stop. I go. What's up, dude? Are there more geographical locations you want to boo? Or is it just that particular one? And I go, are you booing? Because what? He goes, Illinois. I go, uh-huh. And we don't all... I basically pulled the Todd Berry, which is like... some. He tells where he went to college, and some guy goes, boo. He goes, what are you booing, sir? And the guy goes, FSU. He goes, oh, you're booing because I went to a different school? It's like, all right, did you want us to all go to the same school? That would be exciting. <laughs> it's like, hey, idiot. Well, you know, in theory, there's still some people that believe in the fib, right? Oh, sure, so sure, sure, they're, sure, they're sure. Ne- And it's kind of also, uh, because it's theory, a for fun thing, too. It is. It, yeah, it's, it's a back and forth. It's fun to talk a little trash. The fib is a real thing because we do go up there and fuck it up. Like, we love fucking up Wisconsin. And I don't mean, like, in a negative way, but, I mean, we love going up there. It's a big city thing. Getting a lake house, getting a boat, going yeah. water skiing, getting hammered, like... Wisconsin is Illinois' outdoor playground. <laughs> no, I mean, to, 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 to compare it to something, it's like if you watch the movie Caddyshack and on the lake, along comes Rodney Dangerfield and his massive, over-the-top, big yacht. That's what you're, that's your idea of an He's, Illinois? Th- that's what, that's the, the, the concept <laughs> of they come up there and they're just these big city people that just come in and, hey, and disrupt with all the... Tra- soup. Yeah. That looks good on you, though. Just come up and disrupt all the tranquility <laughs> and the beauty. 
That's funny. Kill all the animals, wreck all the wreck all the lakes, That's, and uh, that, leave leave beer cans and and candy wrappers all over the place, and then go back to the big city. That's a meme you should make, like Dangerfield crashing into that pier and then yeah. being like a fib. Yeah, it's the definition of a fib. You know, I mean, again, and I'm going back. That with this is, you know, me growing up. That was the concept of what yeah. it was. I think times have changed a lot, but there was also only because it, there's it, like the DNR says, "Don't drink on the boat." No, but it's like, not that. It's just that Chicago is the biggest, largest, and it's also the third largest city in America. Is right there, and Wisconsin is a very like you know, we have we have our issues about being that close to a big city like that and being treated like a second class citizen. Being so close to a big city and Illinois thinking that they're far superior because to Wisconsin. You also have to remember, Wisconsin has a long history of, of all the old mob guys coming up there and just causing all sorts of havoc, going up there and hiding out. It's, it's not a like it hideouts. just became Illinois' outdoor playground. It's been that way since, like, Dillinger. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying, the mob would come up there and just wreck things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so there's a long history of, like, come on, you guys. Can you imagine how, like, when you see some of those places that they're like, oh, this is where so-and-so stayed, and you're like... What was how, how what was it like to get up here like back then like it was it took me 7 hours in a car on a two lane or four lane <laughs> highway like how are they doing it on dirt roads and like model T's like yeah 2 weeks 2 yeah was like, 2 weeks to get what takes us 4 hours now with the clothes yeah yeah exactly completely different time so anyway that's um, where that guy was coming from yeah. to get into his head right but i just kind of <laughs> made fun of him and uh and what i and what i was going to say what i loved about cleveland was that i did compare it at one point i was like you know i like this is my first weekend in Cleveland, but I find it to be um, a less braggadocious Chicago, meaning it's just as fun of a city. It might not be just as fun, but it's like it's pretty fun, and everyone still does the same thing. Like everyone's having like nine beers at lunch, and there's people getting hammered, but they're just not as loud and braggy about it. Everyone's having nine beers. I, at every lunch. every bar, everyone was getting drunk at like three in the afternoon. Like, doesn't anyone have jobs? Like, what is this? It's like a, I was there. They t- were celebrating the fact that you were there. I was there Tuesday to Saturday. Oh, it was John Huck Week. Yeah, it was like Fleet Week. It's a festival. I'm the only one who rolls yeah. into town. Huck Festival. Um, but yeah, Cleveland was awesome. And then I was able to go visit two guys that I used to play music with quite a bit. One guy is a drummer, uh, Aaron Hemmert. He lives in, uh, like outside of Dayton. And then I went, dropped down into Kentucky. First time I was in Kentucky since I was arrested there in 1993. Uh, saw my buddy Robbie who left college after he Did ran you have from to check the cops. in? No, oh, okay. No. I, I had I I used to have uh, I was arrested in Ohio as well. I had a bench warrant out there, but those only last I believe like 180 days. So I have according no, to Google, before you got there, yeah. Well, I I, I kind of looked into it before because I went into you Ohio. didn't want to get arrested on stage, man. You realize what that would have done for your career? Can you imagine that, he's Lenny a, Bruce of our a, generation. Yeah, because he got uh, busted with weed going to see fish <laughs> in, in 1994. <laughs> Um, right, he's really a really speaks to a whole generation of people uh, with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but it was just it was fun. I saw my buddy played music for like two days, man. My hands like I hadn't played guitar like that forever. My hands are killing me. But we went to the Louisville Slugger uh, Museum, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, there actually any any bats of note that you saw? Just like, um, did they did they have any? Did they did they well, collect them reused bats? When from? you take the tour, they show you basically a model of the first bat they ever made, mm-hmm. which is like a, stick, a tree trunk handle, and you're like, you. I mean, like back when baseball players were like, "Hey, you look like a good bricklayer. Get over here!" Like, uh, I'm a, I have bear paws. Like, is this when it was like everything was just how could you swing that thing? 
And then just kind of, uh, the, you know, they would show you this is so-and-so's bat or the kind of bat that we make for him. And the amount of bats they make is out of control. And you think about it like they make for minor leagues. They make for all the minor league teams, all the major league teams, all-star bats, uh, you know. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of specialized. Spe- yeah. yeah, Fourth of July bats. Like there's all different types of, like, it's like when you think about the amount of baseballs that get used in a season. Yeah. And when you think about back in the day when they started a game, they had one baseball. If that baseball went into the river, the <laughs> game was over. It was like, all right. Now Thanks, the- Eric. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, and now it's just the... It, these companies are just there's huge factories just turning this stuff out and and they all worked like you go back and take the tour and everyone works in like different stations and they switch off and like i don't know man it looked like a cool i would i would enjoy working there i think but it was a it was a fun tour to take and then i came back up into chicago and uh hung out with some friends and then had two shows at the comedy bar sort of like they had a showcase weekend for easter weekend did you go to Joe Roderick's club while you were on this this little mini tour? No, 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 no. no. That's oh, okay. uh, way down in Peoria. I couldn't make it. For some reason, I thought you made a Peoria reference earlier that you had gone there or something. For some reason. Oh no, I was saying when I used to, when I when I headlined there earlier in the year, I didn't have that many people coming out on a Thursday night. That's what I was talking about. Uh, Joe Roderick, a former guest, I believe, had a child. He did. He had a baby. Desmond. Congratulations, buddy. Even though I know you may not be listening or clamoring for this show. Oh, Joe. dude, I think Joe still pays attention. I went, I had dinner with him and his his wife while she was still pregnant when I was down there in January. Um, and at the time, they weren't sure it was his. Remember? Yeah. Then they were like, "Hey," because when he was out here, she was like, "I've been just sleeping around." Yeah, yeah. Which is what happens. <laughs> that happens to everyone. Also, uh, a former guest, uh, Ma- Michael Malik, is getting married tomorrow. All right. Yeah. So congratulations, Malik. Yeah. Uh, Gonna get a new set of Julie. earrings for your. Uh... Malik, you a set of earrings for your wedding? Ear, he's got, no, he's got plugs. He's got the ear yeah. discs or whatever. Yeah, whatever those things are. Yeah, yeah. He's going to have to cover up when he's in his 80s. <laughs> droopy earlobes. Um, are you in the circus? Are they? Yeah, so they're getting married down south uh, tomorrow. And uh, Aaron Hayes, another guest, as a show. Uh, on Dangerous Am- Books for Boys. On Amazon, On right? Amazon, yeah. yes. Please watch that. We'd love to have her get a second season out of that. Yeah, I, I'm... I, I'm she's one of those like it's like two things I sort of like I don't I'm not good with like I'm the guy that said when the BC boys when I first heard them like yeah this is good but nobody wants to listen to white teenage kids rap this is stupid so I I, I, I don't always know what's going on but I knew like when I saw Louis Anderson as um Zach Galifianakis's mom in baskets that he was gonna win an Emmy like I felt like I knew that right away yeah and like I feel like it's when Aaron got screwed over by that Kevin James show and better things to come I, I was like you know what that show's not. She's better than that show. Well, al- you know, this already. is the gig that she got right, right. after. Yeah, an this Amazon show down. that is more along the lines of something she wants to do. It's probably more creative, more original. Yeah, and, and it, it, a huge difference. Um, three camera sitcom, which was what she was on with Kevin Can Wait. This, this is, this is, this really shows her acting chops, and and that was one of the nice things. I, I was, I, which I already knew because you know, obviously, I, I yeah, you know her, her. Film yeah. and stuff like that. And but, also, if you watch Children's Hospital, all those people on that show are good actors. Like, correct. It's a ridiculous show. It's silly as fuck, but everybody on there is solid. Correct. Really solid. Yeah. So anyway, so happy for her. So hopefully she gets a second season out of that. I guess if not, worst case scenario, she is hosting uh, an auction with me next week, and at least she has something to point to in 2018 that crushed for her was you know being my co-host. Yeah. At a silent auction. That's what she's going to put. That's yeah, on her yeah. resume uh, now. Correct. Listen, you know, I I wouldn't. You know, I think you know the more you. I'm sure you always talk about being with me all the time, right? I mean, that's what you do to get in places, right? Yeah, this is, okay, of just, course. Just confirming. Yep. Yeah. Just confirming. I do yeah. talk about the podcast when I do radio and stuff. I talk about the podcast, and mm-hmm. like that's why I would like to, as going forward, we're going to put out 
be more more uh, consistent. Consistent because I had a lot of people like I worked with Dan Cummins in Cleveland. I headlined one night and then he came in and headlined the rest of the week and I featured. And did you guys have to fight for it or he no, just no. came in and did that? He he was already headlining that weekend and he was he asked if I could feature for him. They said yeah and then they saw me and were like hey. Why doesn't he come in early and headline the Wednesday show? And then I was there on Tuesday, so I got to do their variety show. It was like actually a super fun week of comedy. Everyone, all the comics in Cleveland were super awesome. Um, Mary Santora was she emceed, but like she's a feature headliner in her own right. Like she's very funny. Um, everybody was just was super cool. Uh, and Dan's audience, Dan Cummins. If you don't know him, check him out. He's super funny on stage but also has a, a podcast called Time Suck. And we, have we had Dan on? No. No. Um, but Time Suck is it's a That's one, on you. It's a one-hour podcast, and he, or whatever, maybe it's longer, but it's one topic that he goes down the rabbit hole for and does all the research and then gives you all the info. So he, like, he'll have a topic. It'll be like a serial killer, and he'll do all the research on that serial killer, and he'll have an hour, and he'll talk about he, he does the He gets the time sucked out of his life for you, essentially. Um, it's starting. It's grown. In the time that we've been, like he's been doing his for a year and a half, his wife has already quit her job to start working full-time on the podcast. Wow. And people show up like, I've been opening my set by saying, anyone here in a cult? And then I do a bit about, if you're in a cult, I owe you an apology, and I talk about how being in a cult, whatever, and I compare it to DirecTV. But, um, <laughs> but I say that, and I've had people, if they yell out, yeah, I'm in a cult. And you're like, okay, sir, what cult are you in? And then they get quiet right away, because like, oh, I didn't know there was going to be a follow-up question. I was just trying to be funny. And you're like, well, you're not funny. Be quiet, and let me do the thing. But one guy in the front row at one of his shows was like, anybody here in a cult? He goes, yeah. And I go, what cult are you in? He goes, the lizard people cult. And I go, uh, I go, Geez, that sounds legit. All right, man. Uh, all right, never mind. And then I like went on and like got a laugh out of it. was like, man, there are some weirdos here tonight. And got off stage. This might even have been in Brea uh, a couple weeks earlier. But like then I got off stage. I was like, man, you got some nuts here. And then halfway through his thing, I realized that People that follow the time suck call themselves lizard people cult members. Like that's a thing they're naming themselves. Like they're for him. Yeah. Oh. Okay. They're bringing. They're bringing him like big pieces of artwork. Like here's a picture of the serial killer you talked about. The Brea, the imp- manager of the Brea Improv is like me and him are standing there looking at. It. He goes, "What am I gonna do with this in the lobby, man? No one wants to look at this." <laughs> He's like, "Turn it around." <laughs> He's just so annoyed. But then, but the people are bringing him stuff, and then Dan does a good ten. 10, 15 minutes on flat the flat earth and people who believe the earth is flat. Not I shouldn't say that long, but it's he does a good solid bit. And he talks about the irony of people listening to satellite radio shows about flat earth. Like they listen to about flat earth on satellite radio. The sad irony. You know, it's like people talking about how you know, they put a level. If you've seen the video, the guy puts a level on a plane t- a tray and then the plane takes off and he videotapes and the level stays level. He's like, You see the earth's not curved. <laughs> so so he kind of makes fun of these people. Mm-hmm. At one point in Cleveland, a guy stands up, I can't take this, and walks out. He leaves. We're all like, oh, that's weird, whatever. After the show, Dan's out there in the meet and greet line, and people are bringing him stuff, and everyone's super nice, and these two guys come up, and they're like wide-eyed, and they're so pumped. and They're like, hey, man, we love the time suck. And they go, hey, sorry, that was our friend who got up and left. And everyone's like, well, what was wrong? It's like, oh, he's a flat earther. And I'm like, 
you're apologizing for your friend who's a flat earther. You should be apologizing for yourselves who are friends with a guy who's a flat earther. You're kidding me. Like, they go, now that's his thing. I go, that's the dumb, that's a dumb thing. Why are you letting that be your thing? My thing is, I don't believe in science and I'm an idiot. I was going to say, there's a lot of people who don't believe in dinosaurs. So, you know, yeah. they just might not tell you. I guarantee you, you and I are friends with people that have those types of uh, beliefs, they just don't bring them up because they don't want to be mocked mercilessly. I can think of one person, and he kind of deserves to be mocked mercilessly. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it was just it was just so funny. Like he's drawing, like his podcast is really drawing people out. Like some of them, I don't even think knew he was a stand up, and then they're like, "Oh, he does stand up too. Cool, I'll go see that." But he's just, he's it's incredible that, that what he's grown. Uh, and again, Dan Cummins. So you're saying we've we failed in some way? No, no, no. A very different style of podcast. It's just very funny how. Um, so we failed. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I'm just, just saying Dan's done. He's he's done well for himself. And and he's just. Uh, he's Did a, you lose your sense of humor on your comedy he's, tour? He's an, also a nice guy and like. Yeah. Um, no, but I understand. Like when it comes to podcasts, that that kind of stuff also. I can see that gaining traction very quickly, especially in this in this world, yeah. where people are like, "Look, I like the kind of stuff that John and Brian are doing, which are like, you know, they're they're kind of semi unsuccessful in a very in a in a world that everybody believes that where all dreams come true is go is <laughs> go to Hollywood, right? Like, I get I get like that's a specific style of 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 listening, um, and it's back and forth banter. It's guests from time to time. It's um, Jen and Eddie who I know are listening to this and wondering why they're not on the show. You guys will be back. Don't worry <laughs> about it. That was for them. It's I get that part of uh, it. And then I also understand that like, if you podcast that kind of stuff, you're like, huh, this strikes me as rather interesting. I'm going to listen to this for a second. And then you go to it and you're like, yes, this is great. This, they may not have known at the time that it fulfilled a, a need or an interest for them. But then they start listening to it like, you know what? This guy is doing me a solid. And it is giving me this unique... Uh, dinner table talk or party chatter. Yeah. Like that's you have to understand too, for a lot of people, like we're in the business of talking. A lot of people are not in the business of talking. My wife is a perfect example of somebody that every once in a while, um, job related stuff comes up and she'd be like, Hey, can you give me a couple topics and things like people need that stuff? Like Interesting. I need filler. I need conversation because otherwise it's just going to be all about work and everyone's going to have the same stories about work. And then where do you go? Right? Yeah. So everybody wants those little interesting tidbits. Yeah. That's a good point. To kind of throw without coming off like a psycho. Right. And also like unique topics. And like, if he keeps it short enough, you get that all, all the kind of like general info and weirdness. And you can use that. You're right. As a dinner party guest to strike up interesting conversation, but also like he gets material out of it. Yeah. At the same time, so it, it kind of fulfills a dual purpose yeah. and is really smart. And again, I don't have time to listen to a lot of podcasts, but like I've listened to it a couple of times. It's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. My mom prefers this podcast. Well, we know number one fan. Number is, one yeah, fan. Yeah. Number one yeah. fan. My dad wants to be, but you know, he he is in in spirit in his mind. I think he's given up. Well, no, I think he'll still... I think he listens to it, but he's just not saying anything anymore. If he... I don't know if he has... Honestly, my dad, for being going to be 88 this year, he's actually very busy, so he actually doesn't have a lot of time to sit around on this spot, which sounds it, crazy, it but... It doesn't. It doesn't. I, I he feel, keeps himself busy. I feel like I have... My mom is in her 70s. She's got a more active social life than I do. She travels more. She does more. You know, she's at the gym more. I'm like, hey... 
Take it down a notch. I will say, though, every day, and this doesn't mean anything to anybody else, but it's a great, I want to share this story because it's inspirational. Every day, I take my kids to school, and when I come back after dropping my, my child off at school, um, there's this really, really old couple that has clearly got to be at least mid-90s. Got to be at least mid-90s. And every day they're either walking down the street together or they're out in the front working together on a garden. Like every day, every day. And I, and I look at that, I'm like, that, that is awesome. That, that is, is awesome. There you go. Like it's just, there's, I, I don't know anything about them. Maybe they hate each other, but in my mind, they just do everything together. And it's like, they don't look miserable at all. They just, they look active in their own 95 year old way. Everything is done at three quarter at, at, at one quarter speed because obviously they're 90. Yeah. 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 And, but, That's but, fair. but I, I, I just, it just, it's a great reminder every day I see them out doing something and I'm like that. And they probably lived in that house. God knows how long. And I, Maybe they're I, squatting. And I don't want to wreck it. Like I, there's a moment every day I'm like, I want to pull over and talk to them. I want to add. And then I was like, nah, don't What if you don't just find out the they're aura. super racist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like gay people. You're like, what is this now? What? I thought you guys were a cute old couple. You're not a Jew, are you? Like, oh, God. Why? Ruins it all. Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah, you never want to. Just, I'd rather don't meet just your heroes. No. Don't meet your heroes. No, you're better off just living in the <laughs> living in the in the falsehoods, man. Living in the falsehoods way better. That's right? really funny. Ask the president. So, uh, anything else uh, before we wrap it up here? Yeah, I, I'm going to be actually with Dan Cummins in September at the Helium Comedy Club in Oregon. That's a legit promo because we'll have, you know. We don't like to timestamp a lot of stuff we do, but, but that's we'll be, legit yeah, because yeah, this is going to be out for a long time. Yeah, so, so 20, 27th and... Uh, 27th. Oh, I think you say September of 2027. <laughs> September like, of 3048. <laughs> uh, September of uh, 2018. It'll be my out of Frozen... What's the... Um, I'm going to be cryogenically uh, brought back. The out of cryo tour. <laughs> no John Hucker, the out of cryo tour. The cry, cry, cryo baby. <laughs> cry baby. Oh, I don't know. Um, that's September. I think it's uh, late September, like the twenty fifth to the twenty seventh to the twenty ninth. I think in September at Helium in Oregon. So if you know anyone in Portland, the Portland, Oregon area, uh, let them know about that. And then I am headlining a new club that's opening up in D.C. called the D.C. Comedy Loft, and that is going to be midweek shows, uh, August eighth and ninth. It's a thir- Wednesday and a Thursday. Um, Crushing it. So if you guys could help get the word out, I'm trying to pack that place. It's not massive, but I know I have some people in D.C. and uh, on the East Coast. And um, we should at some point we should talk about doing some things together and combine our our wonder twin powers and try to get some real draw. Get literally tens of people there. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd be down. You're the that. star. I'm just the support. Yeah. You just hold my uh, jock strap. Um, and Dude, then, reminds me, I got to watch that microphone. Continue on a on a on a on a just on a positive note. I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and uh, I heard they said something that was like, um, you know, you don't. You, and when you've been at it for so long, you don't get what you want. You don't get what you want, and like, no matter how long you've been at something, um, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Like, it's not about what you want. A lot of the times, it's about like what more that you need. You know, meaning like, yeah, if you moved to L.A. and you had a plan to like get on SNL and do this and do this and do this and do this and you, you, it didn't go that way. But let's say 
you know, you met your wife or you had a kid or whatever that is, like maybe that's more along the lines of what you needed personally um, and you didn't, might not have known it. So I'm just like, I, I think people get a little too hung up on like what they think is supposed to happen and what they think is some sort of final outcome or end game for them. But there is really no end game in any of this. Like it's just continuous. So if you're doing it because you enjoy doing it, then keep doing it. But if you're doing it for some sort of, and this goes for, I think whatever you're doing, if you're doing it only for money and you dislike it or you dislike the people you're with or around or that are involved in that line of work, then, you know, you only have so much time with your, with your shell or your body or whatever. So you might as well go do something that you enjoy or at least have fun with. Hope that wasn't too rambly. No, we're dreamers and we're pursuing dreams and I'll never have a regret for that regardless of where it lands. And I, the best advice I ever got when I moved to Los Angeles was, um, live your life. And I was like, what? They're like, just go live your life, man. And I was like, yeah, but what about like agents, managers, success, television shows? They're like, uh-huh, exactly. And also, go live your life. Yeah. Because what, 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 what he meant was most people burn out on, on things that matter to them because it becomes an obsession. And, and, and it's all about balance. Life is about balance. Go live your life. And, and it's funny because like in the end, as, I, as people can make fun of me all I want about talking about my family and all those kinds of things. They do. My life, <laughs> as they should. <laughs> My life uh, transformed um, had, once I got married and accidentally had children. And those things make a difference and have made a huge difference in my life as to who I became, what value my life brings, and all those kinds of things, where we are right now. Everything, again, I lived my life. And maybe there were certain goals that I didn't obtain at a certain point, but every once in a while you have to pull back I really do believe you kind of have to have like a pseudo out of body experience, which means you need to take a stop, take a t- stop for a second and remove yourself from yourself and look at where you were and where you are and celebrate all the little things that you did during that time. And it's funny because it gives you a different perspective and then get into traffic, get angry and forget all about that. And then move on <laughs> go insane and get back. And uh, lastly, what I would like to say is since the last time we did a show here, um, uh, my next door neighbor, who was also a good friend of mine, uh, Lewis Abbott, uh, passed away, unfortunately. And, uh, he was good to my family. He was good to my wife, loved my kids. And, uh, you know, he no longer uh, lives next door, but, uh, he was, he was a good guy. I always want, I always wanted to get him on the show. He lived a very interesting life. Um, and, uh, he worked at Peterson Automotive. He did the car and driver magazines and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. he, yeah. He was the art director or creative director for, oh, wow. for that. And he used to work in television on the East coast where he came from, I believe in Chicago, uh, or maybe he moved on the East coast. I can't remember exactly where, but I, I remember saying to him once, cause he was like a, and, and you know this, John, he was like a, he was like a sitcom character. He would stick his head over the fence. He was Wilson. From yeah. Public he was basically, Berlin. yeah. And I remember we talked to him once because he was always showed genuine interest in the things that my wife and myself and my kids did. And he would always leave me uh, newspaper articles. He's like, he's old school. He was 87 years old. So you have to remember these people, they still give you clippings. Mm-hmm. Like they will give you coupons. They will give you articles that they found in Good Housekeeping Magazine or Wall Street Journal and New York Times, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They'd find these things in magazines and be like, oh, I'm going to share this with you. My mom used to do that. My mom... Every oh, once, every once in a while, still does. Will send me clippings an in the mail. Here's the an article I found on your interest. Like yeah. it was like yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. unselfish. It was about your want. interest. Yeah. yeah. 
So he would always do those things that he would give me clippings about podcasting and where podcasting was going. And I remember saying to him once, I was like, hey, Lou, you have such a great life. I would love to have on the podcast. He's like, nope. And then he just walked away. And I was like, okay. Clearly, I thought because I thought we were having a connection here. I was like, "Oh, he'd make a great guest." He, he's he's hinting at it anyway by giving That's me the what podcast I article. So it turns out in the end, and I think this is the way I I, I, I want to um, express this because this is the world that we're evolving into. Lou was gay. He was eighty-seven years old, and he was gay. And it turns out in the end. Uh, and he he tried to keep it secret from us, but we obviously we just knew, which know? is also like sad, kind of that, correct that he would feel like he had to keep it, it a secret from you guys. It came out more after the fact in death, uh, in discussions, and communicating with people and talking about his life. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it was stuff like that. The reason why he didn't want to share his life is because there were parts of his life that I thought were cool that were not as wonderful, not as memorable for him because he had to keep. A secret. Yeah. He had to live his life a specific way in the worlds that I was fascinated about. He did not look back on those moments as the best parts of his life. He looked at those as the secret parts where he had to keep these secrets. Yeah. And that's what was brought up to me in a post, uh, post-mortem or whatever you want to call it. That made me feel like, when are we just going to kind of like just accept people for who they were? Like That was the thing that I got out of that was like he never even felt comfortable enough with us who we are liberal enough in respects to that kind of stuff. We don't give a shit. Our kids don't give a shit. We don't give a shit. But he came from a time. He also doesn't know that. No, but he comes, he was trained because he came from a time where it was not acceptable. And I understand we probably have people that listen to this show that that think that that is a sin and are, are against that. Whatever, and but again, that, well, that's your point ridiculous. of view, and I'm, and I'm sorry you feel that way because it's kind of a waste. Because I think everybody gets an opportunity to live their life once. Yeah. Who gives a shit? They I mean, get a yeah. chance to live their life once, you know. Yeah. And profound or not, I, um, uh, you know, I went and saw him when he was dying, and it was like those are the those are the things you kind of look at and you go, well, this is it. You see someone where you know. This is it, man. So whatever, whatever, like going back to the shell, your shell theory, which is whatever that shell got out of this, this is it. It's yeah. over. You know, it's not over. And it's over for the shell. No, what I'm saying is yeah. that's it. Whatever, yeah. whatever this world was that we were that we were fortunate enough to participate in. How did how 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 I started thinking about like how was I to him? What what impact did I? How did I allow him to live his life to the fullest? Did I ever get in the way? Yeah, once I remember him, you know, speeding away in his car, getting mad at me because I didn't go get the balls out of the backyard that my kids had thrown over. And I just remember him gunning it after I was like, "I'll do it later." And he's like, and I was like, "Angry old man." I just made it. I just created angry old man, right? But you know, again, whatever. For the rest, for the most part, my I guess what I'm saying is, and this was a long rambling thing. Um, you know. Uh, rest in peace, Lou. Um, I'm sorry you had to keep certain things secret from us because yeah, you didn't need to. Um, Would have loved to have you on the podcast, but um, you, know, you were a great neighbor. Now I just got an empty, speaking of empty shells, you know, we just got an empty house next to us for a while. Why don't we and, turn and, that whole house into a podcast studio <laughs> start having raging parties over there? No, no, guys, in memory of Lou, we're totally doing we're this. This have, is what Lou would have wanted. Why Six kegs? That seems uh, uh, excessive. Well, it's a podcast. We're going to be here for a while. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, that's a bummer, but RIP, Lou. And uh, R.I.P. Oh, P. Lou. I'm like, why? R.I.P. Lou. R.I.P. Mitzi. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. So this is our R.I.P. Uh, um. But also, uh, that's not it for them, you know? 
their energy moves on. Like the fact that it was windy as shit yesterday and everything was blowing over on Sunset Boulevard, I was like, that feels normal. That feels right. You know what I mean? Like she's like, yeah, you can try to open the club again, but <laughs> I'm gonna make sure nobody wants to show up. Um, it was funny, uh, but yeah. And if you happen to have Amazon, Amazon Prime, check out By Night Origins. I'm in the second episode, but you should watch all three of them. And uh, My Death Co. on YouTube, Vimeo, and Facebook. And August 8th and 9th, the Comedy Loft in D.C. Mm-hmm. And September 27th to the 29th in Portland, Oregon at Helium. All right. We got to call it. All right. Yeah. And two things you should always remember. Say hi to somebody you don't know. Ooh. And if you ever get served by somebody that's wearing a name tag, this is my new thing that I do with my kids. They wear a name tag for a reason. It's not just for complaints. When you think, When somebody serves you or helps you out... Look at their name tag and say thank you, so and so. You'd be surprised how big of a difference it makes in that person's mo- in that moment for them. They are oh, usually taken back by it. All right, in a good way. Well, it looks like someone's the new Tony Robbins. No, I just I, I just we need it. a new Tony Robbins. That's the point. Yeah. All right, all right. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>